You're listening to The Morning Muster. It's not just the, the wind out there, it's the waves. You know, if you get some conflicting swells, you know, it's not just the primary wave state, it can be the secondary and tertiary wave state. You know, nasty swells from different directions can to really build up to something that would be, you know, really unsafe. That's John Bilger. We'll hear more from him in just a bit, because today we're talking about weather, forecasts, and routing. I'm Teresa Carey, and this is The Morning Muster, where we get sailors together to talk about the most important topics of the day. So grab a cup of chai, and let's muster. You're going to hear from Ben Carey in a minute. He sat down with John Bilger, the founding director of Predict Wind, a weather app. Well, more than a weather app. It helps sailors plan voyages and find weather windows. Ben also talked with Bian Gifford, circumnavigator and cruising consultant. The three of them talked about weather forecasting tools and the professional level of data that is available to all of us now, anywhere in the world. So here they are. Thank you both for being here. So glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us on the show. So I wanted to just dive in with a high-level view of Predict Wind. I know that some of our listeners uh, may not have used it or needed to use it. So broadly, uh, what is Predict Wind? And I want Bean to start this one off. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no pressure in front of the founder. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I can do that though. Um, Predict Wind. So, um, well, it's a bunch of things. It's applications and there's hardware and there's services and the core is really weather. But, you know, where Predict Wind I think is like among the, in the cruising community, it is, um, uh, it, when people say predict wind, they think weather forecast, right? Like, what did you see on predict wind? We're talking about the weather forecast, but actually mm-hmm. it's like a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And I think people are only starting to figure that out. Yeah. So, John, what, what would you say to follow up on that? Yeah, no, totally. I think, you know, I mean, predict wind was originally formed as, as a weather forecasting company. Um, we're a bunch of sailors passionate about, um, you know, being on the water. And we sort of know the value of, of a forecast and, and, you know, having a good one, not having one. And so that, that's kind of where we started. And, you know, the, the big thing with, with, with our, with our company is we really try and have the best quality forecast data available. And so we go to great lengths to do that. And then as we progressed, probably at the same time that Beham got into using Predict Wind, we got into the, the selling an Iridium Go, the satellite service. And, and that sort of started the satellite side of the business. So, so that's, um, I guess, Predict Wind in a nutshell. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It is a wild transformation in the quality of weather information available now compared to a generation of cruising ago. And I mean, generationally, not like um, the way we think of it normally in society, but in like uh, in the cruising community, I think they come much more rapidly. I would say we're Jamie and I starting in 2008 are almost like two generations back. And we left with like an SSB and a Pactor modem and a borrowed handset sat phone that was dismal and would never have gotten us weather data it's come forward leaps and bounds with not only the you know the the weather modeling technology itself from 20 years ago is far more accurate the 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 compute computational you know that goes into these weather models is, is amazing i mean you you wouldn't have guessed that you know now we have the ecmws model which is nine kilometer resolution around the whole world it's it's incredible and then and then the satellite technology is, well, you know, obviously we have Starlink now, we have, you know, the Iridium technology. I mean, that's high-speed internet on your boat. You just wouldn't have dreamed of that sort of 12 years ago. 
I know Teresa and I were discussing how we used to like before a passage look at the grib files for a few days and like okay we get three days out we'll start looking at the gribs and we'll we're making our plan and then you reevaluate the next day before you leave when they come back in and you can get a new updated and then the final day before you leave you get the last weather forecast you can get and then you're like okay we got it we got <laughs> three like, days hoping I, for I'm, the best i'm pretty sure three days is going to be good let's go and we'll wing right. it after that so yeah. funny like right around the time we started using predict wind um just quick side story is that it was it was something that we needed a uh, higher bandwidth internet to access we couldn't get it on the boat at that time um so this is leaving australia september 2012 and we were heading up to papua new guinea and we really wanted to stop at some of the offshore uh reefs in the great barrier reef system because wow spectacular and when were we going to be back there again headed up to papua new guinea we th i think we had um anticipated it'd probably be like five maybe six days for us to get up to where we wanted to go um and there were these two systems that were supposed to do this, but instead did this. And we ended up in this squash zone, which, you know, it was outside of that. Their their little wobble was outside of that three-day kind of, you can kind of count on the gribs. So we got partway up there and, we're, and, and we had one of those, oh my goodness, moments where we actually had to make some really big weather decisions or uh, route decisions based upon how the weather had changed outside of that uh, three-day window of confidence that we'd had when we left. And... Uh, that could have been different now. That could have been quite a bit different now. We would have had more time to anticipate and, and make different moves, perhaps. Stay more comfortable, stay safer. Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, because I mean, now with the, you know, with the satellite communications, you can get an update, you know, well, the models come out, to, you know, usually, you know, twice a day is the major updates. And um, so that just keeps you informed the whole way through. And I think for the first five days of your passage, there's kind of no real excuse to get caught out in bad weather, especially with, you know, mm -hmm. departure planning tools. I've been racing and then gone to cruising and, and you know it's kind of the it's what we why we do what we do is trying to make it better for our friends and and contacts we we know and and our customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that brings up a good question. I mean, how much how, how has it changed the uh, the community here? It's amazing how much more accessible um, you know information is, and and that's helped a lot of people go cruising. It's made it easier to go cruising, but you also have to know how to use the tool. And I think a lot of folks don't spend enough time learning how to use the tool. And so they look at it and they'll say, "Predict wind was was wrong," and actually they were not reading the grips right because you know they didn't think about the fact that the wind forecast. Um, is not the ceiling of the wind level they're going to experience. They didn't spend that effort to index and look at different models in advance, figure out what's the best in their region. Anyway, I could rant a little bit there. <laughs> um, there is obviously interpretation there. And, that, and that's one of the things that we've tried to, it's actually, you can, you can have a, a great forecast. The average, you know, wind strengths will be, you know, spot on. But then, you know, you get a rain school, for example. Well, you know, the rain schools might be in the model, but they never be in the exact right spot. And so, you know, we've, if it's got, heavy rain and gusts over 25 knots, that'll appear on the weather routing. If there's high cape and, and the lightning index is up, you know, it might not be in exactly in the right spot, but it's giving you some sort of indication. This is the sort of thing you need to look out for. So, I mean, we're not saying we've got 100% accuracy, but they'll give you the, the hints and signs of these things so that you've got a really high chance of getting it right. I think some of the worst weather we've ever seen has just been in the squalls. They may be short-lived, but that you know they pack such a punch mm -hmm. yeah. at 50 knots. You don't get the big waves, but you get the wind that can just really knock you around. And yeah. uh, the waves don't have time to build up. But um, you know, keeping track of those squalls is really hard. 
and it's super dynamic. So like, and that's not really in a groove necessarily, but it's Cape. And I think Cape is not really well understood. Um, Jamie tries to get people to try to think about Cape as like squall food is, you know, is the Cape index high? Think about a squall food. Now look at rain. Now, how are these things maybe lining up with each other? Totally, totally, hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. Right. Actually, now I feel like I'm I'm in a phase of of relearning a lot of it because it does kind of continue to improve. And we've been in the shipyard for two and a half years. It's a long time. We do look at Predictland a lot because we're using it to help coach people to help them get better at reading, you know, the tea leaves uh, for themselves and inter- yeah. helping them learn how to interpret Gribs looking at Predictland. Yeah. But today, yeah. um, I was using it. Um, so on the outside of Baja you famously don't get AIS signals because there's just not a land-based network that's picking them up, that's broadcasting them. So if you go to marine traffic or something like that, it just says there'll be just like a fuzzed out boat and it'll say satellite only. So I wanted to check up on friends that are in the rally coming down Baja. Now I'm like, right, I can just go into Prickwind and look at the AIS data and it's pulling in and I can look in at Bahia Santa Maria where there's like literally a hundred boats right now. And on marine traffic, they're just specs. And on Prickwind, I can be like, oh, Okay, now the problem is there's so many boats I can't find my friend. <laughs> yeah, use a little search button and you'll you'll find that and you'll be able to find your friend. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's, I should that's, have. I should have. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's fantastic to hear that. We, the reason for AS is because one of our weather model suppliers is Spire, and they have the one of the biggest nano satellite networks in the world. And um, and and one of the things they do do is apart from weather, they also do this AIS um, satellite and feed. So so it's it's really cool. It's amazing, isn't it? Because normally AIS is just within the 20 miles of your boat, and, and that's all you see. Mm-hmm. And now with this, this AIS feed going directly into space, we're getting certainly all commercial vessels. Mm-hmm. And depending on your setup on your boat, if it's a if it's a good AIS system, we'll actually see the, you know some of the recreational boats as well. Um, and we have a little a device on board called our data hub. So if you connect that, connect it up, you can actually retransmit all the boats in your in your vicinity, and that goes back up into into mm-hmm. our feed as well. The data hub will work with with Starlink or with uh, Iridium Go or GoXX. It'll work with with any sort of communication device. Um, but yeah, in terms of AIS, it's it's really cool because the the issue with AIS is the commercial vessels. They, they work 100% in terms of getting the signal up to the satellite. But with the Class B vessels, recreational vessels, depends on your on your, the brand and how well it's installed in terms of whether that signal will make it up to the satellite. So, so if you um, if you have a data hub on board and you can actually improve the whole AIS network by basically it'll collect all the vessels, you know, AIS data around you because it's got a it's got a feed from your instrumentation system into the data hub. So not only, not only pick up all the instrument data, but all your AIS data, and that goes into the data hub, it's collated, and then and then basically sent up to our servers. For example, I was doing um, a delivery a few months back from Auckland to Fiji, and, and there's a few other boats. So, and we're supposed to be, you know, doing a delivery and cruising, but there's always a little bit of a race, you know, between these other boats. There's always a race. <laughs> so, you know, our, our chart bottle was actually not working so well, but we actually could, we could see their data coming through via, via Pritic Wind. It's just fascinating. You can see when boats are tacking, you know, you can see the whole track. And, and yeah, it just adds a whole new dimension to it, especially when you're weather routing, for example, and you're, you know, doing a weather route and there might be a whole lot of commercial container ship traffic coming through or there might be a fishing fleet. Don't want to be sailing through, you know, a fishing fleet, and they might have lines out or whatever. And um, it's just another safety thing that's, you know, it's obviously not not going to be good for collision avoidance, 
um, in the real time, but it just gives you an idea of what to expect. That, that's really interesting. I actually hadn't thought about the fact that not all AIS transponders uh, are picked up by satellites and that that can be brand specific. That's actually really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And that's where the data hub comes in. It can, it can you know, collect all the data around you and then just retransmit that up um, to make the, the coverage a whole lot better. And it's picking how it's transmitting it based on whether, okay, uh, if you've got Starlink and that's on, okay, we're going to prioritize that. But if you don't, because we're not planning to use it offshore, we're planning to use it more on arrival and rely on the exec offshore, it'll transmit it through that. Yep. Yeah, that, it's, it's that I have to look. So what communication do I have access to? Got Starlink, uh-huh. I'll use that. It's prioritized that. If I don't, I use the go exec. And then it, it compresses the data too, so you'd actually, you won't even notice the extra data usage. So let me just ask: When did this? When did this start to happen on Predict When? Was this recent? Yes, this last, last year. Last year. It's, last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last year. We, so we have uh, coaching clients who were headed uh, from Panama to the Marquesas, and they were in company with the boat that suddenly, like, went off grid. Like nobody heard from him, and um, it turned out to be something had had not gone right with his go, and I don't know what what it was at the end of the day, but they were like, well, we should be able to see him maybe on on AIS, right? And it was actually sifting through to find him and find him using what you're talking about, getting that AIS picked up and connected, having a transponder that actually gets picked up by satellite so that it could be determined, okay, dead reckoning, he's about where he should be, Yep, that AIS is still transponding. We know he's okay. Thank goodness. All right. Yeah, now with this issue, we we use surprisingly a lot by the emergency services because <clears throat> you know they can see on the AIS page we've got all the GPS tracking of all the boats, mm-hmm. and then we have all the AIS data, and then we have the AIS data by Data Hub. So you know, if you know boats go missing, they can coordinate you know to see what other boats are around to try and um, coordinate the things. So it's, yeah, it's 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 been um been pretty useful. There's a guy rowing across the um, Pacific and he got lost. Um, That's you know, right. And, and he, now we're using um, using our system to coordinate the rescue. So it was, it was pretty cool. That's, That's right. right. That's, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like July or something-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. One feature you may not have used, well, you wouldn't have used um, in real life, which is we're pretty, um, pretty ecstatic about, is the um, uh, within the weather routing, you know, the weather routing tools, um, you know, have we, we think transformed the whole cruising community because it, it used to be that the um, domain of sort of top racing navigators and um, mm-hmm. and quite complex. So you'd have to download all the grid files. You'd have some had to use some quite complicated bit of software to to run it. And now it's, it's a little bit like Google Maps in terms of you know you put your start and your destination, and then you mm-hmm. basically click once you've got it all set up with your boat's polar, your performance of your boat. You click the button and then it, it goes off into our servers. It runs a route for all our different models at the highest resolution and gives you the results back in a very tiny file size. So that's just made it so much easier. I think I think you would probably agree, Behan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um and we think it's phenomenal. We use it actually we use it less for like departure planning, but we use it all the time for A to B routing and and with a couple of um I guess we try to make it into a teaching tool at the same time. So you look at what are all the different models telling you to do? And they're not the same. So why are they different? And what does that say? And so actually using that to then unravel and go back and say, hey, there's actually a current here that I didn't think about that actually making a meaningful difference. 
and I should choose to go on this side of the trace uh, Marietas instead of that side and yeah. um, and use it to help them like look more closely at the data. Totally. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, same same thing on our trips. It's a wonderful educational tool that we've been using. Yeah, we use it all the time when we make any kind of a passage and mm -hmm. I actually have the students before they get on the boat, we all look at it while they're still at their house, you know, and we start analyzing the route and the weather mm -hmm. patterns that we're seeing and we watch the evolution of the forecast as it progresses as their date of departure gets closer and then of course we're using it on the boat as well while we're out there but it really has been a wonderful educational tool for people to really see what the wind is doing and what the waves how they correspond and all that and i just mm -hmm. we really enjoy using yeah. it that way the big thing is it's not just the the wind out there it's the waves i would say that the waves is probably a you know, kind of one of your biggest things for, for, for danger and safety. And, you know, people sort of overlook that. They get obsessed by the wind in terms of the forecast, and they don't really mm -hmm. look into the waves. If you get some conflicting swells, you know, it's not just the primary wave state, it can be the secondary and tertiary wave state. You know, nasty swells from different directions can to really build up to something that would be, you know, really unsafe. You know, we think taking it to the next level in terms of we have – uh, gone to a naval architectural company and basically modelled motor hulls and catamaran sailing boats um, for every possible wave state they could be in. So this is primary, secondary, tertiary wave state. And so within the weather routing, you actually can literally, when you select your boat, you know, the, the woodline length, the beam, the draft, the displacement, and that'll actually have all the characteristics of your boat in every different wave condition. So when it's doing the routing now, it's, it, it actually tells you the effect of the waves in terms of performance, whether its boat's going to you know, slow down, because obviously if you're punching into a three-metre headset, so you, you're going to be going a lot slower. Mm -hmm. um, and But more importantly, it'll give you three characteristics. It'll give you your, your roll. So more than four degrees RMS roll is very unsafe to be on deck. It'll give you the vertical acceleration, um, which is – Related seasickness, I mean, basically they've proved in the Navy you can make anyone seasick if you have enough of vertical acceleration. And then boat slamming, which obviously is very unsafe as well. So, you know, going up wind and the boat's slamming into to a big head sea. So, so that when you're doing the weather routing now, those variables, they have a, you have a graph of it for your whole entire trip. It just sort of highlights those areas where the wave conditions would be bad. And because it's all been done on servers, we're not just using the primary wave state, we're using the primary, secondary, and tertiary. So... So that's a pretty cool feature. <laughs> I really, I yeah. can't wait to like use that and have the real feel. So when, um, yeah. when we left the uh, Pacific Northwest, sailed out Straits of Juan de Fuca, went south uh, in 2008, the swells were massive. They were huge. And, and I remember thinking, this is awesome. I can ride these up and down all day for weeks. I'm good. Um, and, and then we got further south and then we headed uh, west and between Mexico and the Marquesas, we had not one lovely, albeit massive, swell direction. We had two conflicting ones, and then we had a third wind wave direction on top of that. And with these three different, it was like actually really hard to be comfortable. I mean, I'm looking forward to experiencing how it works through particularly because I can't speak to it from personal experience yet. But intuitively, I know this is super important because it is never about the wind. I mean, okay, it's about the wind, but how comfortable we feel, how happy we feel, how worried we are about our boat, how much we're breaking maybe things on our boat um, has so much more usually to do with the sea state than it does with the wind. And uh, and 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 we kind of know what to expect in an order of magnitude with the wind, and we may not with the 
uh, waves because the wave grips are usually, I mean, they're awful, right? And they're just, they're just kind of, they feel really dumbed down, right? And so being able to have this multiple direction interpretation as the predominant swell that we get in a wind grip, well, that's what I experienced in Pacific Northwest. That was not helpful in South Pacific, but this will be actually much more indicative of what to expect. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's along the lines of what I was going to ask. I hired a weather router just as an educational experience, and I found it you know, quite um, appealing to have someone you communicate with every day about that for their insight. And um, I, used to, I used the guy to go down to Bermuda and also to go up to Newfoundland, a local guy here in Camden, Maine, Ken McKinley. I don't know if you guys know him, but good router. Um, and, you know, I have I have students on the boat, and some of them have never really sailed offshore before. So I have all sorts of levels of tolerance of seasickness and whatnot and weather thresholds that I try to keep, you know, the boat and yeah. the passage within. So, you know, sometimes we bail out if it's going to get too nasty. And the trip to Newfoundland is easy to bail out because it's mostly coastal. So we had some mm. some big storms blowing through. It was over 30, I think, for uh, two days. So we took, we took a break. We anchored. And um, it was great to get some insight from the router on that sort of option uh, of where we could go. And I was just, as I was thinking about this, I was wondering, well, how, you know, how, how can predict wind do that? Or is there some sort of a discrepancy there? It can't do that. And it's, there's some value in the human interaction with the router. What, what, what sort of things can we can predict wind do that would help? In that way, with predict when we 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 purposely don't do any sort of personalised weather routing. We just provide we try and provide the best tools, you know. And I think you know I actually recommend that people actually get a you know weather routing person just to help learn and, and whatnot. I think it's it's great to have that advice and and learn. I mean, for example, the services that Jamie Behan provide are amazing. You know, you, you've got to be comfortable with the tools. And the, the, probably the biggest frustration we have is that people don't actually use the tools enough before they go offshore. They just sort of, you know, sort of it's like unpacking the box, this, you know, the satellite equipment, you know, the last week before they depart. They haven't really used the weather routing. They haven't used the departure planning. And it, for some reason, the weather and the communications, although I, I think it's the most important thing, it doesn't actually get done. You know, it should be done a month before, we say, and then we're using it every day. So that, yeah, having a weather rating person to sort of to give you sort of confidence in what you're seeing in predict wind, and then you'll find that after you've used it for, you know, a few months, you'll find oh, they're saying the same things as what I'm saying, I'm seeing. Um, and in fact, the great thing about predict wind is, you know, we, you, you can run at any time of day or night. You know, obviously if your weather router gets sick or goes away on holiday or whatever, you know, you're you're on your own. So it's always good to have that ability mm-hmm. to do it yourself. You know. And I think that's what Jamie yeah. Behan does. They really sort of say, let's let's actually make sure you can actually look at the weather because no one will look after your situation better than you. But, you know, you still got to make that decision yourself. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with the departure planning, for example, you know, we're running it, you know, running a weather route every day for the next four days and it makes a great comparison. And it's, you know, for your boat telling you what the how the waves are going to affect it. Um but, you know, yep. what's safe for some people is completely unsafe for another person. Totally. Okay, I want to jump in with a couple of things. First, Ken McKinley. I love knowing that that's who you worked with um, because uh, that's another data point for me. Uh, we have friends who totally raved about him. Um, Pacific Northwest boat by the name of Freezing Rain. Does that sound like people who wanted to get out of the uh, dark, rainy Northwest? <laughs> and I believe um, he was their go-to around the world. I know they used him in a far corners of the world and absolutely raved. Oh my God, John, it drives me so completely crazy. And Jamie, at least is crazy that 
yeah, stuff's unpacked and it's out of the box and it's installed. It's all there. You got the stuff. You spent the money, but you don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> um, so we're training yeah. wheels, right? We're like helping people not get into trouble, learn the software. And then the goal is to get to the point of, right, can you take the training wheels off? Or not, and yeah, if you yeah. can't take, if you don't want to, um, and even if you do, you still might want to actually get a weather router every time. And that's not us. And we're really happy to provide a list of recommended weather routers, whether you want to work with Ken or Chris Parker or like whoever it is. Right? We want to we want to help people get to the point where they know enough for themselves to do it them on their own, or to do it a little bit on their own and get a professional to back them up. Mm-hmm. Cheap insurance yeah. is weather routing. Really, really cheap insurance. Yeah, and, and educational. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned earlier about, we were talking about the squalls and the, it's hard to predict those, but if you look at the right um, information, like the Cape and maybe something else you mentioned, I don't remember what it was, but um, if you're looking at the ra- rain. Oh, rain, yes, okay. <laughs> uh, outside the window, maybe. Can I jump I in? A- John, you can tell me if this exists in observations and I've just missed it um, or if it's coming. Okay, so Cape and rain really as, as a forecasting tools to be like, right, what's our squall potential looking like? But then it's um, uh, real-time lightning. Uh, strikes, uh, which is now like satellite powered, like blitzer tongue, for example, um, and weather radar, like live weather radar. Those are like the real time observational tools that we can use to uh, back up the forecast tools of what's going on. But as soon as we're in it, and this is another one of those things that has like radically changed when we were in Southeast Asia. And is it ever not squall season <laughs> in Southeast Asia? It's like yeah. you got one monsoon or you got the other monsoon. And yeah. it was always yeah. about how do we keep ourselves as safe as possible here. And now that the real-time availability of data that was so thin or didn't even exist um, is is here and to be able to access it. I don't know. Is that in there or is it coming? <laughs> Good news. We actually got uh, the rain rain radar for, you know, for, you know obviously rain radar is not available everywhere, but for for, for most countries, it's available coastally. So we've, we've got that data now, and we're about to release that feature um, very soon, actually, in the next the next week or two. Um, so we've been wow. working on it for the last you know, six months. So it's going to be <laughs> super amazing. cool. Okay. Asking you yeah. shall receive. And, but, yeah, it's, that, that's going to be amazing. And then the, the Lightning data, we're, we're actually negotiating with a few companies at the moment, actually, to get the data. I think it's super important to see that real-time stuff. With the Eastern Verse model, it does have a Lightning um, forecast and that's within the within the weather routing so when you're doing the weather out by default you'll see lightning data there and then even better the, if, if that comes up as a, a above a threshold you'll see this danger warning thing both on the map and in the weather routing results saying potential lightning because obviously the the real-time stuff's pretty nice but it's even better if you can know about it before it's going to happen. Right? We've used the real time when uh, we're helping boats that are like that are underway that don't have good access, maybe, and and we can see the lightning happening kind of above them. We're like, right, you guys, you need to just like stop right now and just wait. This is going to pass, but you need to stop. Yeah, right. or you're going to be right in the middle of it, and then you're going to be moving yeah. with it. So just please don't move. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, like, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. no, please don't move. <laughs> so hard to stop yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes. It Our can be uncomfortable to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I wanted to follow up with with the idea of the squalls and ask about the different models, and mm-hmm. just talk about that a little more because it, as a new user for some people, it's very daunting. There's just so many of them now, as you mentioned, and how can we narrow that? How can we make sense of all those different models? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It is, you know, for first time user, it's like, okay, which which model do I use? Which is the best one? And um, 
And there is no real sort of hard and fast answer to that. The, the idea of this is, you know, and this is what meteorologists do, is what they call ensemble forecasting. So it's a multi-model approach. So in the America's Cup, for example, we're doing forecasting. You know, we have like 20 models, you know. And it's, it's basically saying that if, if they're all agreeing, that you can have more confidence in the forecast. Now, if they're all over the show, like they're just there's just a wide variation, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, there's basically uncertainty in the forecast. So as a general rule, you'll find the first, you know, two two days, most models will be, in most circumstances, fairly close together. Now, as you go towards the end of the week, there's going to be more divergence in the forecast because, you know, there's more uncertainty. So that's kind of the, the sort of the rule of thumb. I mean, that there is definitely the, the long-range forecast. I would say that the ECMWF model and the SPIRE model is kind of like probably the, the benchmark in terms of, of, of accuracy. Um, so you can rely on those, I'd say, but more heavily weighted. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the false sense of security there is having one model. is like you can go, okay, well, it's going to be great. Let's go and do the trip. But it can be completely wrong. Yeah. Or, for example, I had uh, I was talking with, you know, um, Keith Whitaker on selling Zatara once, and he was, you know, in Fiji, and there was a cyclone coming down, and, you know, ECNWF model was saying it's going to go one way, and GFS models in the same way, and, and then we had this, you know, new model, the UK Met Office model, and that was showing a different path. And he's saying, well, you know, but the ECNWF is the most, it's the most accurate for cyclones. I, I'm going to go to this part of the island to avoid it. And sure enough, the UK Met Office was, was the most accurate. And so he actually did change, change the way he put it boat. And that actually saved him from being stuck in the middle of the cyclones. So I think um, it comes back to what we were talking about before with, with Jamie and, and Bihan in terms of like interpreting the stuff is important. Um, and it gives you the range. Like, for example, if you want to be conservative, you know, look at the worst case scenario from all six models and then make your departure plan on that rather than just the best model because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you don't, don't choose the one you want to believe in. You know, look at the worst case one to kind of give you some idea of what could, could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that That yeah. is a real issue, I think, that you just brought up is that it's very easy to focus on the one that you like the best, isn't right. it? Right. There is no yeah. cherry-picking models. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I like this yeah. one. Let's go with and that I, And I do it myself. I mean, I'm, you know, my whole, whole family's into to, to sailing, into kiting, into winging now, and wind foiling. We sort of do anything on the foil, and and you know, like I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm I'm as bad as everyone. I'm just like, gee, look, that one's looking good. I'm we'll go today. <laughs> so we have this thing called the daily briefing. So we get all the data. It's very objective. We get rid of the outliers, and we create a text-based forecast based on that data. And it more often than not is the best forecast because it is takes the emotion out of it. It just tells you the ranges of all the models. And it's the same thing with the weather routing too. You can you look at those extreme weather warnings and whatnot. Um, try not to pick the one you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dangerous. Yeah. The routing is wonderful. I just, you know, we run it twice a day and see what's what's changed. And it's just a wonderful educational mm-hmm. tool. I cannot wait to get back on our boat and start testing stuff. But really, things have just changed even in this short interval that we've been on the heart. Um, I'm super excited to try the exact. I think that makes so much more sense for us. Um, and, and, and the data hub, Jamie is actually, uh, particularly keen to see about polars and, and what we learn about our polars. We've been trying to hone them in, you know, over time, like starting with one of the, uh, models in the dropdown that is most like ours, but the fact that data can actually like tell us what our polars are, the way we sail the boat, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a feature that we, um, very excited about. So, I mean, weather routing's only as good as the forecast and it's only as good as your, polars and mm-hmm. typically the, the polars are generated just 
basically on wind speed and wind angles. So you're going upwind or reaching. This is the, the boat speed you do. And, and they are generated by VPP, Velocity Prediction Program, which is sort of an ideal conditions in flat water. And, and quite often they're v- very wrong, you know. And then as soon as you get out into the open ocean, into waves, well, then they're just like way wrong, you know, because you could be sailing into a three-meter swell and you're only doing like 70% of what you're normally doing. So what we have done, and we, you're a very smart guy from the America's Cup, um, and we, we, we this feature called AI Polar. So the Data Hub is recording all the data from the instrumentation system and just updating your Polar in real time. So, so every minute this data is being averaged and sent up to the server, it compares it against your baseline Polar and if it's close to it, it's just nudging it in the right direction. So the more you sail, the, the more accurate it's going to be. So it's not only just using the um, you know the wind angle of the boat and the wind speed of the boat and the boat speed, but it's actually using the forecasted wave conditions. So, so it knows if you're sailing into a um, head sea or a following sea. And so it has this quite complex matrix. It's like a five-dimensional thing because it's got the, the wind speed, the wind angle, it's got the wave height, it's got the wave period. And so forth. And so basically, it's um, it's learning all the time, and and also at night. So it's got a, a dimension for the night as well. So you, most people are sailing at night sail a boat a lot slower, uh, more conservative, mm-hmm. and so we'll have a a, you know, a a transformation for looking. Okay, this is night time now. So therefore, we're going to mm-hmm. create an, a, a polar based on your nighttime performance. So, so it's sort of learning right. the whole time. I mean, and then when you're at anchor, it's sitting the data as well, but it's going. Oh, okay. Well, you're not going, so we just discard that data. Or you might be motoring upwind and sort of 20 knots, so it'll, it'll discard that data. Mm-hmm. It just it learns about how you sail your boat in different conditions mm-hmm. and try and matches that so that when you do actually run your weather routing, it's really dependent on how accurate your polar is. So if you, and that, how do people get this hardware? So the 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 hardware is, is a Pritikin product. Um and so the data hub is, you know, available on our site. It's two hundred and ninety nine US mm-hmm. dollars for, for what it does. Yeah. So it does a huge, huge amount of you know different things. So does GPS tracking for if you're on Starlink or if you're on the Go or the Go Exec. Um, you know, this AI polar feature we talked about. Mm-hmm. We have a, a new app that we're just releasing um this month called the Anchor Alert app, which is super uber cool. But basically because it's getting all the data from the instruments. Um, it can alert you, you know, when your boat drags. I mean, I've, I know there's plenty of anchor apps out there, there's, but they generally rely on the GPS in your device. So you've got an iPad, for example, and you've got it down below decks. It's never going to be as accurate as the GPS from your boat's instrumentation. And quite often it gives you mm-hmm. false alerts. So this, this will take the data from your GPS on your boat, but not only GPS, it'll take, you know, your wind speed, your wind direction, the depth. So, you know, and because it's using this data hub, which is, you know, a proper Linux-based operating system, you know, it's just sitting there kind of monitoring stuff the whole time. It's not being switched on and off. You can be literally off the boat. You're doing the shopping in some remote location, and the data hub will go, oh, the wind's changed 180 degrees. Bing, on your phone, it'll tell you, wow, maybe you want to go back and, and check check your anchor. A pretty cool features mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you can even remotely log into this thing you know remotely log into the data hub and someone say you've got a problem with your, you know your instrumentation system and you want to get a technician to have a look at the nmea feed they can see that that data coming in and see what's wrong with the feed so to have a look on the website there's there's a whole bunch of features that um this thing does um 
I, I could rattle them off, but there's about 15 features. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Great, I'll take so, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wonderful. All right, cool. Thank you both for chatting with me today. It has been a true pleasure. Hey, truly the pleasure's mine. It's fun to be able to sink back into thinking about how we're going to be using some of this stuff again. It's just so core to our everyday life, whether it's figuring out what the weather is going to be doing um, or staying in touch with my friends. And Excellent. All right, guys. Thanks a thanks, lot. Thanks, Ben. Thank pleasure you. to be here. Yeah, pleasure. Well, that wraps up another delightful edition of The Morning Muster. If you're hungry for more, make sure to swing by our website at moreselfa.com. Just head on over to the podcast section and you'll find all the juicy episodes right there. That's M-O-R-S-E-Alpha.com. And hey, while you're cruising around our website, don't forget to check out our fantastic sail training expeditions. We've got an exciting season ahead, so make sure to secure your berth before they're gone. Again, morsealpha.com. <laughs>